welcome to the Research and Innovation Podcast from Leeds University Business School. Today I'm joined by Professor Simon Rees from the School of Engineering. Hello. And by Duncan Hurd, Senior Director of Global Procurement and Corporate Real Estate at Avnet. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about adapting offices and how we can do this to cater for new ways of working and thinking about the way that work has changed as well. We're going to be talking to Duncan about the project that he's been working on to change and adapt the offices uh, based in Leeds to new ways of working, and in particular, hybrid working. There's some really good uh, examples and and ideas from uh, this project. So as we go through, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But just to start us off, Duncan, please could you give us a bit of an introduction to Avnet um, and tell us a bit more about your role in the company? Yes, certainly. So Avnet is a global electronics distribution company. Uh, We have over 13,000 employees. Uh, We have over 300 leases that we manage uh, across a range of different types of facilities and portfolio from distribution centers to offices to hybrid models. We have about 7 million square feet and we are based in APAC, in EMEA, and across the Americas. That's great. Thank you, Duncan. And it's great to see um, that you're in a truly global role as well. So it'd be uh, interesting to hear maybe a bit more as we go through about what you're seeing uh, in changes in how people are wanting to work and where they're working in different regions around the world. So maybe can I ask you just to kick off um, the conversation by telling us a bit about how work has changed for people within Premier Farnell? Yes, so we have over a thousand employees based across Leeds, and broadly they are segregated into two types. We have the office-based workforce, and then we have the distribution-based workforce. And our colleagues in our distribution centre have continued to work throughout the pandemic, Uh, And we've had to put in various measures and protocols to ensure their safety. So uh, the obvious things like additional PPE equipment, we've introduced uh, safe routes to try and minimise staff contact. We have introduced temperature scanners at our reception. Um, We also have limited the number of visitors and contractors on site as well to ensure that they remain safe. Um, In terms of our office-based colleagues, the vast majority have worked from home throughout the pandemic. We've had a small number of regional teams who have needed to be on site for key infrastructure. So, for example, our group information systems, our tech support, our facilities teams, and at various points, other functions who have needed to come on site for specific activities. But broadly, of the 500 people that work in the Leeds office, usually we've had around 30 to 50 on site at any one time. Well, Duncan, that's quite a big shift. I know from our conversations we've had that you've been busy reimagining the office and the workplace in general to think about how best to support your office-based colleagues as we go forward post-pandemic. Would you mind just taking a few moments to talk us through what you're doing at the moment um, and the the really exciting refurbishment that you've got underway. 
Yes, absolutely. So currently we have three buildings which make up our Leeds office portfolio. Uh, two of those buildings we envisage going dark uh, and not utilising as we move forwards. The remaining building, we're taking the opportunity to completely refurbish that with a multi-million pound project. And effectively, once that project is completed, all of our Leeds-based office staff will utilise that one building. Uh, really, that will enable us to provide a hybrid model moving forwards, introducing a number of changes for the functional teams that support Farnell's global operations. What would be really interesting, I think, would be to just talk through a bit more about how you've come up with the design that you have done um, and how you decided what the the best mix of uh, task bases and uh, and areas within the office would be for your staff in particular. Yeah, that's a really big challenge and uh, it'd be great to know what kind of research you've done, uh, maybe how you've engaged staff in, in that process. We know on our, our project um, and from the research we've been doing that really are quite big variations between people um, in terms of the preferences they have for how they want to work, where they want to work, um, and uh, the kind of tasks that they see as being more office-based um, versus home-based. And that's a really complex um, jigsaw. So be really interested in how you've tried to make sense of all these different um, preferences and differences maybe between different groups within the office also. Yes, absolutely. Um, so initially, we started off with a staff survey. Um, we asked seven key questions from the 500 uh, employees, uh, the first of which was around their preferences on flexible desking. So did they want to see full hot desking or were they more interested in uh, functional hubs and community areas? Uh, very strong preference for remaining within the functional teams. 84% of staff said that they wanted that type of approach. So that informed the design that we have we also had to take account of the functional team, so the actual work that was being undertaken. So, for example, our internal uh, sales team need to be in five days a week. Therefore, that's 100% desking ratio for that team. Some of our other areas range from a 50% in the office model to full remote working. So we had to look at all of those variations and come up with a first iteration of a seating plan. We also had to take account of which teams work most closely with other teams. So again, for example, our IT function wanted and needed to work closely with our e-commerce team. And therefore, we had to configure the space layout so that they were able to meet and have collaboration spaces. We've also done a lot of work in terms of understanding the preferences of staff to which modifications were most significant to them. So for example, adding more natural light was um, really popular with the staff. They also wanted to see uh, improvements to some of the facilities, wellness spaces, and also wanted to see improvements to our ESG and sustainability performance. So all of those factors were key ingredients into the design scope that
that we then worked on with our partners. Well, I think this would be a good point to think about the physical building itself and maybe some of the challenges and constraints that refurbishing a, an existing building, uh, quite a, a, an industrial building, um, posed as part of this project. And I think Simon's probably got some questions around this, being the engineer in the room. Okay. Duncan, can you tell us a little bit about how you had to take account of privacy and security in, in setting up spaces for some of the teams? Yes, absolutely. So Avnet has a global uh, policy regarding you know, security, privacy standards, particularly for certain areas. For example, uh, GIS server rooms have to have restricted access. We also have confidential areas as well. So for example, our HR colleagues and our legal colleagues needed to have an enclosed space, but still wanted to be part of the wider business and not be in a separate building. Now, the site that you're refurbishing, refurbishing has quite a few architectural challenges. One of them is that it's right next to the railway and it's not possible to have any windows on that site. Could you say a bit more about you know, what the architect has suggested doing about improving the daylighting in the building? Yes, we had very strong feedback from the teams that had previously occupied our first floor that those who were seated nearest to the railway line had very little natural light. We currently had some sun tubes. Uh, we also had some other openings um, with diffused lighting, but we had false ceilings. And actually what the design concept produced was opening up that false ceiling um, using this available height to improve the sense of light and space. And we took meter readings pre the work. And as the work has commenced, we've taken additional meter readings and the improvement is significant. I believe the pre-work readings were around 350 and actually the improvement post removing all of the false ceiling and opening up the space produced over a thousand lux levels. So already a significant difference. And that's before we've replaced the existing light tubes and windows so that that provides a better um, light transfer as well. We've also taken out some of the existing walls, um, retaining those that are needed for structural purposes, but actually that enables more natural light to flow through the windows at the opposite side to the railway line as well. So making the most use of the available natural light was seen as critical to improving the space for our colleagues. And one other item that we've also done is to improve the staff transfer between the floors. We only had uh, staircases at either end of the building. We've actually decided to create a further opening in the middle of the floor, cutting through the old concrete floor and creating a staircase, which creates not only a feature, um, but also provides a, an enhanced experience for customers, suppliers and staff in terms of using the building. Thanks, Duncan. That sounds really exciting. Um, and the uh, the space you describe, uh, it sounds like it'd be really um, exciting, inspirational type of workplace to uh, to spend time in. I think, though, that this sounds like it's going to be quite a big change uh, on two fronts for your staff, though, both in terms of the space they're working in compared to pre-pandemic, but also actually the ways of working 
and ways of interacting with one another. And I guess we, we've had two years now as well of people being very used to working predominantly at home um, and almost exclusively online in, in terms of collaborating with colleagues. And even just coming back to the same office is quite a big change, quite a big transition for people full stop. I wonder if there's anything that you could share, uh, maybe in terms of lessons learned or, or approaches, in terms of how you're supporting people with this change and engaging them in, in what's to come. Absolutely. It is a, a huge change project for uh, the Farnell site. So first of all, we have engaged with our staff proactively, not only through staff surveys, but we also have an employee forum and we've set up a specific project forum with employees from different functions who are able to understand what we are doing, the changes that the site will bring, how the new layout looks. We also have plans to be very careful how we reintroduce people to the site. So clearly we need to have a, a phased introduction. Um, we need to bring back people, uh, not all at once. We're not just going to open the doors and let everybody walk in and, and use this new space. We will be taking each functional team through the space, telling them how they can utilize the new technology that we look to introduce as well to support hybrid working, the meeting room booking system, the hot desking spaces that we've created, also where their teams are and where other teams are as well so that they know how to potentially collaborate and, and look to engage with work colleagues who maybe they haven't been engaging with as um, informally over the past couple of years. And I think that's one of the you know, the big challenge is that, that certainly in our business that is a, a people business, uh, how we reintroduce the, that level of connectivity. Um, so, that, so that's been really critical to us to understand that whilst it's a facilities and a corporate real estate project, actually it, it is more a change management project. Um, so, so people have been really engaged in that process. Um, obviously, we would look to do a post-occupancy and uh, survey to ensure that the facilities that we are providing are being used as we hoped and to take on board any further feedback and, and make any adjustments that we may need to to change as well to really make sure we get the most from the investment we're making. Duncan it's been great to hear what you have planned for the uh, for the for the Leeds office and the way that that's changing. I guess one question that that comes to my mind really given the fact that you are a tech firm is whether you see this hybrid working and uh, continuing office working as just being a step on the route to maybe going fully virtual in the future, um, thinking about technology maybe being a bigger part of how we work. Um, could I ask you just maybe to share what you think, what you see as being the role of the office in, in the long term? We've had a lot of discussion on this topic, um, both at our Avnet board level um, and with each of the regions, as we've seen different phases of what we called returning to the office. Um, lots of challenges, I think, and reticence from staff about coming back into the office currently. Um, the management want to encourage, I think, people to come back into the office. As I said earlier, we are a, a, you know, a people and a, a connected business, and we see the benefits from those multifunctional teams who are based in an office like the Leeds office actually being able to connect informally as well as formally. So in that respect, I think the office is here to stay. 
certainly for us, but we have embarked upon a new way of working project, which very much has more flexibility at the heart of it. Um, we will look to consolidate our portfolio where appropriate. So Avnet has a number of different parts to the business ecosystem, different brands that form part of that uh, corporate identity. And so we've certainly seen a lot more consolidation of offices where we've had historic um, facilities that might have belonged to one business and we've had three or four offices in one major city. We are seeing a definite plan to consolidate those and enable more flexibility um, to offer both staff and the office uh, a better experience, um, both bringing different parts of the business together, as well as part of our recruitment and retention policy. I think that's the other part of it. We've definitely seen um, a short-term challenge in terms of recruiting for some roles where people are very much requiring or requesting flexible working or complete homeworking in some instances. So I think that that is likely to continue for the foreseeable future. But I also think there are regional and cultural differences. So some of the projects that we've done in APAC, we have had specific challenges, either because the infrastructure for colleagues at home isn't as good as maybe you would see in EMEA and in the Americas. And therefore, we've had to, in some cases, pay for broadband connectivity to enable that work from home. There are also issues around just the space that's available for colleagues to utilize in a home environment. And also things like the cost of having to have your air conditioning on all the time because you're working at home rather than being in your office location. So I think cultural, culturally, there are some challenges in terms of um, making sure what is right for the organization in one location is right across the board. Uh, and and we've been very clear that this is not a one size fits all program. It will be directed according to what's right, both regionally and locally and within the teams that operate from that location as well. Well, Duncan, it's certainly a complex picture, isn't it? And thinking what's going on in different parts of the UK, different sectors, as well as internationally. I think it highlights just uh, what a what a challenge it is for, for companies to think about um, office requirements, individual requirements for workers, um, and trying to future-proof plans at the moment. I think it's really useful to hear your reflections on how things are, are, are differing in, in different parts of the the world. And I think that also highlights the variability that we have here in the UK, both between different regions and cities, but also between different industries as well, in terms of how firms and, and organisations are approaching their future workplace strategy. It's a really diverse picture. There's a lot going on. I think it's a challenge for anyone working in this space at the moment, but exciting as well, I think, with the, the new opportunities which are opening up. Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing uh, details of the, the Leeds developments, uh, Duncan. I think that's a really nice, tangible case study to, to understand um, an approach to hybrid working, making the office fit for these new ways of working. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Wish you all the best with the rest of the refurbishments. Hope it goes well and, and I hope we get an invite to come and have a look around the, uh, the final office once it's finished. If you're interested in finding out more about the Adapting Offices Research Project, the information should be in the show notes and a link to click through. Thank you for listening today. 